As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eat teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings on all I know is Zach said he has a game where Seals don't read both 7,000 and I said I'm in let's go let's do it yeah that's what I really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader hello everybody and welcome to a bi-week edition a morning edition of birds with friends 940 Zach prime time for this episode of Birds with Friends, we will uh, we will talk about the win over the Jets. We'll talk about Gardner Minshew. We've got the bird on the street. Shield's got some Squall 22. If you've got some questions in the chat, feel free to fire them off. Uh, Shield, who cares how you're doing? Zach, how are you doing? It's early morning. This is all about you, baby. I'm doing great. This is this is my time right here, right? I was I was up at uh, 5:17 this morning. We should let you host. Re- ready to roll. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is good. I like this because I've, I, we've had this conversation on the pod before. I, th- I think Shio was talking about it. If, if you're a morning radio host, you're up early, but then your day is over at what time? Like uh, 10 AM. My day's not over after, after this, but for all intents and purposes, like, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't have to be on as far as on the screen. I, I don't have interviews. I can just write, Bo and I have an email back and forth going. So, uh, so yeah, so it's this is uh I, I like this time. Let's let's do more of this. Yeah. Sheil, how are you? Yeah, I like the morning as well. I feel like I'm I'm pretty versatile. You know, I can bring the juice at any time of day, flex. <laughs> <laughs> but my I am at my most efficient in the morning. I like to wake up, grab the coffee, sit down right here, start uh start typing away. Uh, and that's my I feel like my most productive mm. period is from like, you know, uh, seven a.m to 11:30 a.m. So I'm, I'm at good. my most efficient from I would say like 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Uh, that, that's, that's college. I mean that's 18, 19, 20. You're a grown up now. 
Oh, yeah, I, it's not good. I, it's I not totally helpful. got out of that. Yeah. Now college, that would be that way. I would wait till the last second, you know, start something at uh, 10 at night. It was no big deal. You just type away through the night till it's finished, grab a couple hours of sleep. And then, uh, well, I, I tried not, not to I can't work in the morning, but like my, okay. my, my, I would, I would say that's, that's when my best work gets done. Okay. Well, judging by the quality of your day after stories, I would agree with that. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about? We can't talk about anything personal. So let's uh, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Sheila, what did you uh, what, I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess we might as well send things over to the Stone Cold Newsman. Find out if there is anything to uh, to talk about that we need to know from what happened since Sunday's game. So let's uh, let's send it on over. Philadelphia Eagles are on by this week. The players were in on Monday, but in true Bo Wolf form, Nick Sirianni said he can't get away from football. He's a he, he's a football guy, so he will be watching Army Navy. He'll be watching his son's flag football game and trying to get ideas that way. So uh, Bo and Nick share that much in common. Uh, Jason Kelsey, Eagles nominee for. I I will give a little plug here to the Philadelphia Eagles website. Bo's, uh, the I, I thought they had a really nice video out with Kelsey and his parents, and uh, it, it was it was pretty touching to hear his parents talk about Jason and and you know some we obviously had uh, Shield wrote that great story on him a few years ago. Bo wrote that outstanding story on him a year ago, uh, but. I thought when you hear from his parents, you you hear a different side of uh, Kelsey, and, and so I I would I would recommend that. Otherwise, I'll give you I'll give you uh, I'll give them the further plug that there's actually an even longer uh, version of that video on the website uh, that has okay. his his wife in there, a couple other people who he's affected, and also an appearance from uh, perhaps the person who I would say is the most revered uh, player in Eagles franchise history. Go. Okay. There you go. Uh, so, Vince yeah, I, I, I'm I'm gonna check that out. Close. And then uh and some injury Brent updates. <laughs> <laughs> A bridge too far, right, Bo? Uh <laughs> some some injury updates for you. We'll find out more about Brandon Brooks after the bye week. So, so, so that's a big one hanging over there. Jason Kelsey, from an injury perspective, they got good news in that it doesn't seem like it's a serious injury. It's the type of thing that they'll, they're hopeful that he's back after the bye. The bye is coming at a good time for him. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. Steve Nelson should be fine. Patrick Johnson should be fine. Jordan Howard should be fine as well. Let me ask you a reporting uh, ethics question, Zach. Please. So I I went down early. Uh, I went down early after the jet before the Jets game had ended, right? And I was just mm -hmm. waiting near the locker room to see if I could get some color and and you know just what the guys would be like coming off the field. And before the game ended, after he got hurt, Kelsey was was you know running past, going or, or walking past from the field to the locker room, and I overheard him say something about the injury. Is that reportable? Overhearing. Uh, I think it's, it's, you're getting a little taste everybody of, uh, of my wife's meetings as well today. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's reportable uh, upon verification, right? So I don't know if within itself I would report that, but what I would do is like, you overheard something, then you can go and confirm it. Uh, you know, and, and you, you pretty much know it to be true, 
but you're getting you're getting a confirmation on it either directly or indirectly. So uh, that's probably how 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 I would do it. That's that's astute reporting. You do you you don't usually get the overhearing overseeing. Sometimes you get like uh, you see something in a locker, hmm. right? When we were in the locker room, that would come up. Um, but but that's 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 good work by you. I mean, it wasn't that good work. If nothing else, you take it to the team and you let them know, exactly. hey, you, you know, I, I heard this. And then if they say, ah, you know, you're not supposed to really. Well, all right. Well, now you got a little. It's Life is all about hand. You want to have a little more hand next time you ask for something. Well, I didn't really, you know, I didn't say anything about the Kelsey thing. Now you're not going to get now you're not going to get me uh, Suo Peta for this uh, feature I'm working on. Come on. You know, I you scratch your back. You scratch my whatever that saying is back scratching. I've yeah. never heard hand used that way before. Never watched the Seinfeld about hand. Yeah, you want the hand. I never have hand in the relationship. Zach knows what I'm talking about. I don't I think do. I've ever heard that. Yeah, it's really? it's like the upper hand. The upper hand. The upper hand. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yes. but I've never heard it you without always... upper. Yeah, no. Or leverage. Hand... I mean... No, you want to have the hand in the relationship. Hmm. I have no hand in my. I'm, That's really I, what life is all about. I have the lower hand in my relationship <laughs> at all times. So, well, we don't want to get too personal. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, so yeah, it sounds like I mean nothing. Uh, nothing season-ending for the Eagles. The Brooks thing. I guess there's nothing to say because they they said we'll we'll get an update and we've talked about it. How how bizarre it is. But um, yeah, they're being very clandestine about it. So uh, they've they've said for like two weeks, three weeks, we'll have something for you after the buy. So I'm curious what it is. But uh, at this point, right? He named the new head coach. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Uh, Shield, does any, uh, any anything newsworthy uh, mean anything at all to you? Do you care about anything here? Well, you know the answer to that. It's no, but we have to do a yeah. podcast and fill time, and so I'm here. So uh, no, well, nothing. Uh, you don't go. Go ahead, Zach. No, I'm fascinated to hear Shields. Shields quarterback. Take yeah, because I, say, I think that's the biggest. The that's the biggest the story. Team. Yeah. None of it really applies to the, uh, you know, to the news that Zach okay. just gave out. But okay. let's just get to it. Well, let's let's let you know what. Let's just get this uh, this ad break out of the way so that we can just give Jeez. the full Squall Twenty Two. Sorry, sponsors. Uh, let's give the ads to yeah. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, Sheil, we go from mint to mint shoe. Ooh, good transition. Thank you very much. Uh, tell us what you thought. Does Gardner Minshew deserve to be the starting quarterback moving forward? Was that the best performance you've ever seen from an Eagles quarterback? Are you ready to grow a mustache? 
Well, what's the question? Is the question who gives them the best, the, the better chance to win games the rest of the season? Is the is the question take everything into account, future plans, long term beyond 2021? Frame it in one way, because I think there are different ways to slice this. Well, no, because I think the question is what how should it be framed if you are the okay. if you were the Eagles organization? If you were the GM and you were the head coach. Uh, I would I would play Jalen Hurts, and it wouldn't really be that hard of a decision uh, for me, quite honestly. From I from think, from both roles, from both roles, I think. Okay. If, I mean, you know, I think if you're if you're Nick Sirianni, I guess maybe there could be a part of you that says, "Hey, I want to do what we did earlier in the season," and maybe Minshew gives us a better chance at that. I mean, I, they're two dare, very different quarterbacks, as Bo wrote about in the day after. I think ultimately, if we're just looking at where they have four games left, five games. Four, four games left. Four games. Four, four games division left. games. Five weeks. Like it, it's pretty close to me in terms of who would give them the better overall performance. Like I actually think you can make a case for either of them. I think ultimately the end result is probably going to be pretty similar. You're just going to get there in a very different way. I mean, I think Minshew is going to be more accurate in the short and intermediate part of the field. So I, I think if 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 you're going to be maybe, uh, you, you know, that's what you need to rely on, an efficient, short passing game, then he would be probably the better option. But Hertz gives you so much as a runner, not just in the you know traditional uh, run game and the designed run game, but also as a scrambler. And also we have to look at this. I mean, Minshew, that was the best game of his career. You know, I, if you just sort it by EPA per play, every game he's ever started, that was the best game of his career. Jalen Hurts is coming off the worst game of his season. So, like, there's huge recency bias in this when you look at those two. Is Gardner Minshew likely to have uh, statistical performances like he had last week against a defense that ranked 32nd in DVOA and was a complete disaster? Is he likely to repeat those in the final four weeks of the season? No, absolutely not. Jalen Hurts, if we're having this discussion after one of his previous games, whether it was Denver or New Orleans or, I don't know, there's probably another one that I'm missing in there, then we're saying, what are we even talking about? Jalen Hurts is playing really well. Uh, we're not going to have that conversation. So uh, I think it's Hurts. I, you know, I don't know that they'll have to think that much about it. I think when he's healthy, he comes back, he plays. You had a formula you were leaning on. You had an identity. You were leaning on uh, run heavy. And I don't think that Minshew is going to give you the significant bump in the passing game where you would say, hey, let's go ahead and make a switch here. I'm curious uh, something, actually, both your guys' perspectives. And and Bo uh, touched on this a bit in his, in his day after, but the Minshew mania, if you will, how much of it do you think has to do with, like, the persona of Gardner Minshew compared to the play of Gardner Minshew? Well, it was interesting that both like Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders said something about talking to Gardner about like having been a fan of his from uh, his time in Jacksonville. Like, I think that that is uh, like there is some real charisma there and, and uh, you know, guys like that. But I've I've been like, uh, you know, like going into this game, you're like, OK, here we go. Quarterback controversy. And Gardner Minshew plays, as you said, she like the best game of his life. And. It's like it's still like there's not that much juice there. Like it's funny that he played better than you could have expected, and still it doesn't seem like it's a real question. Like, I mean, the way he won that game, as we talked about, like, you know, 15 of his 22 passes within five yards of the line of scrimmage. It's not like it was like he was doing something that that couldn't be done. Um, Wait, and a I real think, question from I, and whom I think, though? 
You don't think it's a real question from whom? Because I think from fans, it's definitely a question. Like, it's, you think it's, so? I feel like it hasn't yeah. really like like uh, oh, reached I, a fever pitch. I disagree. What do you think, Shield? Uh, I'm kind of. I haven't listened now. Normally, my gauge for this is sports talk radio, and I haven't listened to it uh, at all this week. I've got my hit uh, flex coming up at mm-hmm. eleven, and so usually after those two, I know what the conversation is more because it's like, all right, what are they leading with when they? ask me here. Uh, I sort of agree with Bo. I felt like it was going to be more of a thing after the game than it has been. Now, maybe there is some, but it almost feels like, shoot, we have a bye. What else are we going to talk about? Minshew just started. Right. And, I, and I think really the case is, if you're looking at this, like neither one of them is that exciting, you know, in terms of kind of where you are when you're looking at just the landscape of the league, when, when Eagles fans sit down on Sunday and they're watching games around the league and they're watching the Kyler Murray's and the Justin Herbert's and the Patrick Mahomes and, you know, whatever other six, Aaron Rodgers, the six, seven, eight guys you can mention. And you're saying, wow, look at, like, look at those guys. And I'm having one about Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew. Like, this doesn't feel great because, you know, as an Eagles fan, I mean, there have been periods in the past, whether it was, you know, Carson Wentz in 2017, where you felt like, all right, we've got our guy. But, you know, it's such a it's a weight lifted off your shoulders as a fan, as an NFL fan, when you just don't have to worry about quarterback, whether it's Donovan McNabb, uh, Carson, you're just like, all right, we got our guy for better or worse. We'll criticize him when he plays poorly. We'll praise him when he plays well. We'll, you know, go at the GM and the coach for not doing things they should do other players on the team but we don't have to worry about it like he's our guy we don't have to talk about it week after week after week and even with like the you know whether it was Wentz or Foles even that to me was different that had juice because it was like shoot this guy just won a Super Bowl and is coming in the other guy we traded all these draft picks for and he's played at a high level like that had a lot of juice to it because there was something you could kind of feel to it and you weren't kind of sure how the coach felt now so you know did some of the teammates did they prefer Foles was in there <laughs> this one's just kind of like well you're you know you're under 500 you're going into the last four games maybe you sneak into the wild card round i'm not saying people aren't excited about the end of the season like i you know i I think it's going to be fun to see how they respond and what they do but there's not that sense of like you know one of these guys is the guy who's really going to lead us for years to come maybe some people feel that way about Hurst. i don't think anyone feels that way about Minshew. well to that point i'm sorry i saw you i saw you about to say something though Uh, to that point if you look at the eagles history in quote-unquote quarterback controversies and this is how i've answered the question to anyone who has asked like 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 why hurts when when Minshew has a certain skill set that you know seems to that seems that hurts doesn't seem to have at this point but uh but my answer to that is if you look whether it was Wentz Foles whether it was Vic Cobb even frankly when it was Foles Vic uh, in the middle of the 2013 season, the dual that press conference, the Del yeah. combo press conferences, but they, the, the organization has always gone with the quarterback. They felt has the most upside to become the franchise guy, right? Like that has been, that has been the North star. It, it, it hasn't been who can win a game for you on Sunday. It's been like, who can be one of those guys who she'll mentioned you, you turn on the TV on, on Sunday and like, Kyler Murray's on, Justin Herbert's on. That's why they went Vic over Cobb. That's why they went Wentz over Foles. Um, and that's why, like, I don't think Hurts is going to become that player. I, I know there's a commenter. I appreciate all our listeners. A, a commenter who thinks I always kill Hurts. But, like, I, if I had to bet, I'd bet against Hurts becoming Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that. Um, but uh, Hurts has much more upside. 
than Minshew. I, I think Minshew's best case scenario is a bridge quarterback or a, a, a high end backup. And yeah, uh, I don't even. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's what they, I think that's, that's, that's my answer to it. I don't even think it's close. I mean, I think, I think we could argue about who gives them a better chance to win, you know, next week. I think that, that like, that could be an argument. I would still say it's hurts. And I, I, I wouldn't think that it was particularly close, but the, the, the idea of thinking long-term who, who has a chance to be like a top 15 quarterback. It's not even close that like there is that upside for Hertz that there isn't for, for Minshew. The, the Minshew film was not good. If I'm just being perfectly honest. And it seems like, it seems like crazy to say, because the statistically, I mean, it's really right. like their offensive performance in that game. I think if you look at it league wide, I just like to look at the EPA per drive was like a top 15 performance. Right. I think league wide, any I mean, game this season. So you find that on the athletic, he made, by the way, he made Very three, like his three best throws were all like very far behind, like wide open guys. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't even say those were his best. I mean, I thought he had two two really nice plays. I thought one was the t- first touchdown to Goddard. You guys talked he, about it yeah. in the post-game pod. He has to shuffle away from or he's under pressure and he makes a nice throw downfield. There's a you know, Goddard beats uh CJ Mosley, but there is a safety kind of closing in there. So that was a nice throw. And then he made another nice throw to Quez Watkins yes. where he had to kind of move to his left and uh, you know and threw it to And that one was yard. far behind him too. Like well, he had to well, wait there were forever two to Quez. for that ball. Well, well, there was one that was really well. Here, here are the ones I have is the one where I, he's wide open, and they show they the one that Zach was talking about, where they show like uh like a like a zero blitz at the line, and then the guy backs off, and Quez screams across the middle of the field wide the open. Guy falls down when the guy yes. fell down. Yes. yes. Yeah, that was a 22-yard completion. I mean, that's completely underthrown. That that could potentially yes. be a 43-yard touchdown if that's a good throw. And it wasn't a good throw. It was a terrible throw. I mean, it was a nice job by Chris. Right. Why he had to literally stop and come forward, which you usually yeah. don't have to do when you're running a route like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had the underthrew the Goddard TD, which you can uh, find on the my second Instagram. one. Right. Shout out to uh, to Coach Flynn. A nice concept uh, by the Eagles. A simple concept. A simple pick play there that freed up Dallas Goddard. I mean that ball's absolutely underthrown. Um, there was a, a Texas route to Kenneth Gainwell that he it was a poor throw. Gainwell kind of bobbled it up to himself yeah, and yeah. came down with it. Uh, uh, Dallas Goddard on the corner route where they got the terrible defensive pass interference call. Oh yeah. I mean, that was a terrible throw. He had two botched RPOs that turned into sacks. And so like his ball placement and accuracy. Yeah. Did you think that those were on him? Well, I mean, I I don't, I don't know. I mean, when there, I I didn't like look at them that closely. I'm I'm just like, all right, it's an RPO. Right. It's not there. And it turns into a sack. Usually Jalen hurts is getting you at least a, you know, a, two yards mm-hmm. on that or something right. that could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't looked at all of them, but just in, in my notes here for how Minshew played. And so like, I actually think that, uh, you know, maybe an under discussed aspect of that game. And again, it was the jet. So I understand it. It's like Sirianni yes. is, is, I mean, he's doing a good job yeah. with the offense. I mean, they're 10th in offensive DVOA and look at who they're, what their passing game has been. All season long. I mean, even look at their their support. I mean, Devontae Smith, good player. Dallas Goddard, good player. Everyone else, eh. I mean, it's not the 10th most talented offense in the NFL. No one would argue that. I mean, it's probably not a top 15 talented offense. And so I think Sirianni deserves more credit. And the offensive coaching staff, maybe wide receiver coaching aside, uh, the offensive coaching staff deserves more credit for what they – I mean, you get a back yes. quarterback in there playing for the first time uh, with this group and you had a top 15 league wide performance again, the defense sucked, 
sure, but still, you know, you still get credit for that. It's an NFL uh, defense. And so I think Sirianni has done a good job as the year has gone on to adapt to his personnel. And I, I think that if you're an Eagles fan, you should feel more encouraged about him, what he's done from that aspect of it. And so, you know, that that's that was like a big takeaway from this game. It's like, look at these screens. I mean, yes. they're executed very well. Look at that play to Goddard. That's executed very well. They're finding ways to get Goddard uh, matched up against a linebacker. And so they're doing these different things, uh, the run game. I mean, if you look at like, uh, I, again, I'm not an offensive line aficionado, but like when you're just watching the end zone angle and anybody who's like watch football can look at it, you're just like, this looks exactly like how I would imagine an offensive line coach who's like teaching it would want it to look. I mean, just everyone is doing their job. There are these uh, gaping holes. Uh, you're having Nate Herbig pull. I mean, again, that's a backup offensive lineman. Like this isn't a pro bowler. He's pulling on an 18 yard uh, touchdown run, run Dallas Goddard's doing a great job in the run game. Jordan Mailata, we've talked about uh, his development at length. Landon Dickerson is playing really well right now. Uh, in my opinion, if he, if he can stay healthy, that looks like it's going to be a really good pick. I know that's a big if, and that's why I criticized it at the time, but yeah, you can see what, uh, what, what scouts, what coaches, what teams would like in Landon Dickerson. He's playing really well right now in space or just when he's like uh, moving the line of scrimmage. I mean, you compare the Eagles offensive line to like these other offensive lines you watch in the NFL. And it is, it really is night and day, whether it's the run game or pass protection. I mean, some of these pockets that their quarterbacks get, you just like pause it. And there's like no one around them. And there are teams in the NFL where the quarterback gets that like six, seven times a game uh, at most. And so um, th that was just kind of a big takeaway I had from this game is like, let's give the coaching staff some more credit and and I, I think i said it on the post game pod but but i think it was even more uh glaring thinking back on it that like this game was was so much more about sirianni and the offensive game plan than it was about about Minshew. yes um they i mean they did they really did a great job and i do i do also think the jets were like totally caught off guard i think they fully expected it to be jalen hurts until like the night before yeah, I just I'm think, sure look, I'm, I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying to talk up Minshew here, right? Um, but I keep going back to the, the biggest criticism that I've had of Hertz, and and Hertz has a lot of skills that I that I like that I think he can build upon, and I think the intangibles are, are outstanding. Um, but I've said this since the summer: the ball hits the ground too much, right? It's it's that simple. Uh, the completion percentage suggests that. Well, Gardner Minshew, and like Shield pointed out, the, the, the passes weren't perfect, but the ball the, the ball didn't hit the ground that often. And when it did, it was it was usually intentional. And for whatever so you talk about the screen game and, and that's the coaching. That's also that's that's getting it out quickly. That's taking that it, he he worked his checkdowns. And that's what jumps out to me. And that's what this offense needs to be functional is they they can't have dead drives and they too often had dead drives against the giants and in in some of these games in hurts hurts played really well against atlanta obviously and and you need to look to you know the element of surprise like we didn't know what hurts was going to look like against the falcons the jets didn't know what minshew was going to look like against the jets and things look different as there's as there's more film but when when you're completing over 70% of your passes that's how you sustain drives and that was the key to me yeah, I think an interesting exercise would be to, like, if you counted all of Jalen Hurts' scrambles as completed passes and the yards, 
and I, again, I know that's like you right. know, you're screwing, but but that is part of it because Minshew is not going to scramble, and so you sure. know I, I've heard like analysts say, you know, a scrambling quarterback is his own checkdown, which means right, why, well, you know, why would I just check it down to Miles Sanders for four if I can run for eight, and you know, then you don't have any chance of a a tip ball, an interception, an incompletion. I'm just going to go ahead and do that. And Hertz has been one of the best scrambling quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. But I mean, your point is right. I mean, even with the screen game. I don't know the nuances of that, but it did look more crisp, better executed with Minshew, whether it's the timing, knowing you know how, how much to let the, the rush get to you, when to get rid of the football, the accuracy there. You are right. I mean, it doesn't feel like a high degree of difficulty thing, but there's no, no denying that it did look very crisp uh, with Minshew in there where it hasn't looked uh, as crisp. Remember last year? My gosh, the screen game. Oh, my uh, God. It was just like they just couldn't the worst. get positive yardage on it. So, again, credit to the coaching staff. I mean, the screen game looks completely completely uh, different this year as well. So, you know, I, I do think there are some of those little things that, that Minshew probably even with a larger sample uh, would it do better. Like they were, it seemed like they were getting to the line quicker. <laughs> okay. I didn't, under, I didn't uh, look at that, but that's just interesting. Like, anecdotally, it, it felt like that. Uh, and, and that has been like a thing with Hertz. And I, I thought it was more of like a, an offensive coaching thing, potentially that they've been sort of scrambling to beat the play clock throughout the season a little bit. And Minshew got them, the line quicker and it seemed like things were a little bit crisper pre-snap but again that could have also just been the jets yeah i think Minshew is a you know fringe starter uh, plus backup in the nfl which is fine i mean to for where, you know where he came into the league and it's yeah i mean you see backups come in all the time and they're complete disasters and you can't even the offense yep. can't even function like Minshew's gonna have i think a long career um, as a, as what I just said, I just, it's hard for me to look at him and think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of upside there. So even if you're not a Hertz fan and you think there's a 5% chance that he can be like a top 10 quarterback consistently in the NFL, I mean, wouldn't you just want to get more information Absolutely. on that the, the rest of the way so that you can make an informed decision this off season? I, I would say yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Okay. Any any meat left on the bone here on 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 Minshew and Hertz? I mean, I guess the other question is, if if Hertz is still hampered, if the ankle is still a bit of an issue, does it change the calculation for you? Would you rather have Minshew than a uh, a Hertz who can't you know necessarily have his superpower of running as much? Yeah, I don't know. It's a, we don't. It's hard to know without the yeah. injury information. Like you guys said, Hertz said he was going to play. I don't know if he was, if he really thought he was going to play, or if he was just. No, I think he genuinely thought he was going to play. Yeah, I don't think it was. So right. is it? I, I'm bad with pronunciations. Is it? Is it subterfuge? Yeah, is subterfuge. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it was wow. subterfuge. Unbelievable. Uh, Spent ten in the morning. <laughs> subterfuge. I, I think it was. I'm I'm better at spelling things than saying things. Um, so wow. I did hear you. That's I did a, hear you. That is very interesting. Just that you <laughs> recognize that about yourself. Yeah, like, like, I've I, never I, thought about which one of those I'm better at. Like I'm no. good at spelling people's names sometimes, but I'm okay. I'm, I'm not always great at. at well, you nailed Halapulavati. Halapulavati, yes. Bakhtiari is killing me. I'm. I mm. every time I have to look it up for. Bakhtiari. You know what's a. You know what's a sneaky tough one. Is is Simeon? Yeah, I would agree with that. You, you think it's supposed to like, be like, like Trevor Simeon or Simeon Rice? Yeah, like Trevor Simeon. Like you Simeon think it's going to be Rice? Nice, nice callback. The second E is an A. That is that is a tough one. I I actually messed that up a few times. That's one that's easier to say than yes, yeah, that's than, right. Uh, yes, that's true. Uh, Michael Dunn's I, a, an easier one to say than spell, by the way, because you never know if it goes E 
E or uh, no E at the end, right? You're going to work mm. on that, Marissa. No, but I'm that's like the worst speller like on the planet. That's why I did broadcast journalism. <laughs> so I'm the exact opposite. I would much rather pronounce something than spell it. But, but that word you said before, Zach, I didn't. I don't even know what that word means. So, <laughs> I've, I've I've made the joke on uh, Ray. I, I suppose this is a flex, but it's it's more like an insult, or it's it's more like I guess it's false modesty. But um, I've made the joke on on radio sometimes when like I don't need this to say the name. I only need the spelling, right? And uh, now That's that true. I do a podcast three times a week, I need mm. to say the name too. So learning That's a lot right. about you did have, yeah. I did hear one before the, uh, before we recorded that, uh, that made my ears perk up. Uh, how do you pronounce the, uh, the coloring, uh, thing that a child might use? A crown, a crown what? instead of a crayon. Oh, okay. I a say, crayon. and I say it no. like totally different. I say crayon. Crayon. You say crayon. That's how my wife says it. Yeah, crayon. Give me a two syllable. Yeah. Yeah. I say it like what you wear that on your might, head. Can, I think can I that might be a so Philadelphia. Uh, I think that's a, it's probably a Philadelphia accent. Yeah. Yes. Crown. Maybe I think I, I remember saying that when I was a kid. Maybe, but yeah, it's a, yeah. that's a that's a two syllable bad boy. Yeah, you know, it's okay. it, it's funny because, uh, and I suppose look how happy are... Zach is. Just look at his face right now compared to when we do an. People are guy. saying he's glowing, which is absolutely true. I suppose accents are a relative subplot to the show right now, right? Because I I know there was a lot of commentary on that the other day, but I never knew I had I had a Philadelphia accent until uh, Philadelphia like, accent. Someone said, yeah, uh, and I remember actually when I was With a on little radio, bit of Montreal sprinkled in. <laughs> I wish, I, I wish. But when I was on radio in Syracuse, that was a thing that they had to, they tried to, to say, if if you're going to do this, you need to get rid of your accent. And I'm like, I don't know how to get rid of what? accent. Please, that's so hard. Saying that yeah. to college kids? Yeah, that's so. Oh yeah, ATFOH, unbelievable. It's all about authentic. Come on. But, Says the guy who spoke as Brian Kelly for twenty. But uh, I thought there was. Yeah, that's I, I, I want to credit the. Uh, I want to credit the writer, and I don't. I, I feel bad because this was like five years ago, six years ago when Ed Orgeron was was hired. But um, but it was such an outstanding line in a story where it said, "This is the first time that LSU has hired a coach that doesn't have an accent." Right. Mm. And, and like the implication was everyone else has the accent, right? right? Not, not the people who are there. So to me, when I say crown, that's how, that's how I always said it. And I need to work on that if I'm going to do national radio. I think you're fine. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a crazy thing for me that they would be telling college students. That. Yeah. I mean, this I isn't like, it, this isn't like, you know, uh, ABC nightly news or whatever. Also, and also, like, who do I like the, you know, when you when you're turning on uh, driving to New York and turn on the fan, I want to hear somebody who sounds like they're from New York. I mean, yeah, they're you prepping you for national radio. My oh, gosh, Syracuse, yeah. I mean, calm down. I mean, respectfully, Nick Wright's not training to, to, to do. I mean, Nick, Nick, Nick Wright's training to do the national oh show. Oh, my gosh. Right? Marissa, so. you listen to this new house snobbery <laughs> over here? Unbelievable. I don't know. Yeah. Philip Merrill always taught you to be yourself. Yeah. You know? yeah. No one's telling me that. They're saying, go in this closet, uh, record your radio show no mm. one's listening to. And we didn't even have a journalism school. Yeah. <laughs> well, it worked out well for you. I do I think, I do think overall, like the whole journalism landscape in that sense is you are taught now to be a little more yourself than sure. in the past. Like 
you were everyone was like no accents no nothing and i think you that's the, becoming a little more acceptable now you know what like the 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 uh catch-all piece of advice that uh like i think like all journalism programs say now is you got to be able to wear multiple hats oh, oh yeah god tell me about it <laughs> unbelievable yeah you gotta, you're not just a writer you're not you gotta just be able to do a, it yeah. all you look at this guy he's going to the game he's writing a story he's doing his video hit after he's got a podcast you can't just be so specialized anymore back when i was doing this in 1987 i would write my story go get a beer and go home you know you got to file by deadline no deadlines anymore am i right online guys that's right now you gotta you gotta be multimedia you gotta be able to video you gotta be able to edit you gotta be able to write you gotta be able to do radio it's everything and and guess what you're going to be making $20,000 a year. You got to go to Podunk, South Dakota. Working you got to work your way Tawny. up. That's what it's all about. I used to uh, I used to take my my voice recorder and I would have to you guys are going to you guys are going to, are going to laugh at this, but this was also like in the in the vein of not having an accent. Um, listen, I, I used to record Eric Casillas and Colin Cowherd's teases. Right. Because that was something that they wanted me to work on my teases. Right. I was a little too straight. So it couldn't be like after after this break, we're going to talk about. Let's let's open up that Kinsey scale. (laughs) So it's it's not like after this break, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the way Jerry McNamara played against Colgate. No, it's like it's like uh, continue listening because I'm going to tell you why there are not three players in the Big East. Who hold a candle to Jerry McNamara, like, like something Mike like Greenberg. that? The Mike yes, Greenberg, exactly. Sees. Exactly. Zach, <laughs> you are like a star student. I wish like everyone should take lessons from Zach. Seriously. I mean, I'm those things are so right irrelevant now. to me. Like, I, 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 I'm gonna have to write a letter to the New York <laughs> School of Communications. Like, yeah. I mean, How aren't you in the Hall of Fame there? Like, let's be. Yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to. I think we need to start to that my, hashtag on Twitter. I'm just trying to keep my square on this show. Basically. Zach Berman and Dick Allen. Let's get them both in. <laughs> I mean, the only thing as a, if you're going to be hosting a radio show, in my opinion, is are you engaging and entertaining your audience? I mean, does any, and nothing else really, Matt, you can go talk about whatever you want to talk about when someone's like sitting in the car, are they like, all right, I'm going to, you know, uh, hold on. I'm going to wait a second to go yes. in because like, I, I mean, teases and accents give me a break you can learn that i mean you can how hard is that easy a tease like get the job and then they can teach you how to do a tease right tease isn't going to get you the job no one's ever been hired because they said now it sounds a little bit to me like this zach was maybe taking this on his own as a project though yeah this wasn't something like this no yeah okay i want to say this wasn't something we did in class this was like i would do well you said they wanted you to get better at teases you said though yeah, the radio station, not the uh, class. Yeah. Who, who's yeah. directing you? I mean, at my radio station, it's like four of us, and we're all like, you know, 19 years old. You had somebody I mean, like advising you? Yeah. Jippy on the field and in the booth. It, look, yes. I will tell you, I will tell you about Nick Wright's reviews of, of, of my work at a, at a different time. But Can it, we get him on? Stories. Can we, do you have I could probably get Nick juice? on. Oh uh, yeah, I during the off season, during the off we season, we need to yeah. have more guests. I think yeah, I, I I've got. Yeah, there's, I think there's a good a good long list of uh, of guests we'd like to have on. Maybe maybe yeah. off season we'll make it once a week. <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. Okay, okay. I don't even know where I was. I got so fired up. You am I doing an ad here while Browns. we reset? Yeah, yeah. yeah what you want to you want to give, give a tease before the ad? Mm. There we go. Okay. Uh, what oh, no, <laughs> Coming up after this ad break, we're gonna find out why Shield thinks that the Louisiana accent is the best accent in the business.
It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So just to reset, I want to uh, just get through the nitty gritty of like where the Eagles are playoff wise. And, you know, we're coming down the stretch. It's December. You know what that means? It's Dennis time. I think it's I think we might as well re, re, rename December Dennis Sember because the man has everything you need to know about the uh, playoff scenarios. This is what he thrives on. This is what it's all about. Uh, you can check out his Twitter, but the uh, the you know, the, the real underline is basically, you know, if they win four games, they're going to the playoffs. The only way they wouldn't would be if uh, if Minnesota wins all four of their games, uh, essentially. But if they go three and one, if they finish nine and eight, there's a list of eight things that have to happen if you check out Dennis's thing. But most of them are likely to happen. For instance, Carolina loses a game. The Falcons lose a game. The Saints lose a game. The Giants lose a game. The Bears lose a game. The Bucks those win will the all be done by uh, right. the time you're doing your well there is no post exactly by the time uh, it'll really come down around. to if they finish three and one whether or not they sweep uh washington and if not what washington does in their other game so i mean they're in good position especially given the schedule all right so do you That's think cool. they're going to make the playoffs uh, well let's save our i thought we could do some uh some final four predictions next week okay, okay. Uh, people want my take, uh, Bo. This was the most polarizing, I think, post game pod. I'm surprised mm-hmm. it was this polarizing. I mean, I'm getting messages through every media channel that I have about Bo's uh, accent. You know, I thought uh, it didn't bother me as much. I thought 29 minutes was probably, uh, you know, it probably didn't need to be that long. You know, I thought maybe you could have started out. I think some people felt like maybe if you would explain it uh, earlier mm-hmm. on, but I mean, what has that? I know you said you don't care about any feedback. Uh, as opposed to Zach, but are you, are you feeling, you know, I think the minions loved it. They loved every second of it. And then there's another segment of the audience who's just like irate about it. Yeah. Uh, I was, I mean, it you've was done much more annoying stuff. I would yeah. say, you know what? And I, <laughs> I mean, thought I that this see was, how that was annoying, case. but you've done much more annoying. Stuff. I knew that you were not going to, you were not going to hate the accent. Um, I was talking to well, my I brother, didn't say that. I was talking to my brother last night and he was like, you know, I loved it in the beginning. And even I had to fast forward. <laughs> 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 And I told him that that, that only uh, he be a, can he be our ombudsman? <laughs> and I and I and I said that that only makes me want to do it more. And that's why it lasted 29 minutes was because people in the chat uh, there were some there were some vocal oh dissenters. And so like if you had come on and fully praised it, that would be the end. If you had come on and fully crushed it, I would probably you know bring it back for the next episode. So you're doing the right thing. You've learned that uh, playing it this way means that. It, it may not come back. It may come back. 
Well, there have been people who, yeah, who are like your brother. They've said, I'm like a sicko. I've been listening to, you know, to the show from day one. I love most of the nonsense, but I just had to fast forward through yeah. the rest of that. So I don't know. Maybe, I your, bro that. maybe your brother can be our uh, ombudsman. Sure. I mean, he's willing to give it to you straight. I'm sure he's, yeah. you know, ripped you many times in his life. As you said, you know, that's, that's, yeah, what that's the... how you know someone cares. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy. Now at the same time, uh, there were other people who loved it, so wished I did it the whole episode. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, now I mean, in the chat, go. these are the true sickos in the chat at uh, ten twenty on a uh, what is today Wednesday morning, uh, and they're saying don't explain it. It was a masterpiece. Never explain anything. Uh, so it's yeah, like I yeah, said, absolutely. it's it's really polarizing. Zach, I'm sure you've gotten quite a bit of uh, of oh, I, there, there yeah, were there were some people who said Sheil, you know, if you were on there, you would have put an end to that earlier. You got to keep hammering Zach to you know put his foot down on that. I don't think that would have been the case. I mean, yeah, I mean, I might have just like, left. I, uh, you know. I, I mean, you might have joined in for a short time. Yeah, yeah, I like to get into an accent for a short yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, like I. I I don't think Bo would would be like Zach. Uh, Zach, um, what do you think about this? Like, oh, wow! No, 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 no. I, I don't say that in a bad way. It's it's like it's this is what this is what makes him great. He's he's got he's he's got his uh, his way of doing it right. So that I think that's what works on on the post game pod is it's it's different personalities. I kind of wonder if Bo just started to speak in one right now. What Rachel would do if she's in the other room oh, on a work yeah. call would she like be very concerned no that would be every day basically <laughs> of her life yeah. i mean yeah that would she wouldn't even know i was doing a podcast <laughs> i'll say this there, though oh, oh i'm sorry go on no go ahead i was just gonna add no. a personal note and look i'm i'm, I'm not gonna uh, I, we don't need to go down the the college football rabbit hole here but uh listening to marcus free i i i watched oh, yeah actually, Watching Marcus Freeman's press conference, like compared to Brian Kelly's, it's like it's night and day in terms of just genuine authenticity. And I've I've stood up for Brian Kelly, and when I, I said he was going to win, I'd like to stand up on Brian Kelly because he's won everywhere he's I been. See that. Right, Grand Valley State, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. Uh, but just in terms of the likability factor, like you can't watch Marcus Freeman. And not be like, ah, oh, you know, you 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 like that guy. Whereas it's hard to watch Brian Kelly's press conference and come away being like, I really like <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> this is what we've been saying the whole yes. time. Yes. There you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know it was a, probably a little bit uh, set up, but even that initial uh, Marcus Freeman the introduction yeah. to the players. I mean, that looked like pure joy from the players to me. Like, oh yeah, baby, this is an upgrade uh, for sure. I agree. I mean, I've usually been a Notre Dame uh, hater my whole life. I'm rooting for that guy. Go ahead, go Irish. I'm in on. I'm him. not all the way willing to go just quite yeah, that maybe far. Not. But, yeah, right. yeah. I'm rooting for him personally. Yeah, yeah. the program, yeah. uh, take it or leave it. But I mean, he seems great. I mean, why didn't why didn't someone else hire this guy for a head coaching job? I mean, he was he Which was Cincinnati's so defensive long. coordinator a, a year ago. They were great. Um, but yeah, he's you can just see you can see by the by the way. I, I'm I'm not saying players should 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 have the say, but I've always thought that. And you saw this with Lincoln Riley. You saw this with a few other coaches. The best interview you can have is like seeing someone do their job, seeing someone actually be in the building. 
Um, you learn so much more about Marcus Freeman with a with him as your defensive coordinator for a year than you could learn interviewing someone for for three hours. Uh, the job interview process can often be the, the most misleading part of the actual hiring process. So Oklahoma saw Lincoln Riley before they promoted him. Uh, the same thing, obviously, here with uh, with Marcus Freeman. I I very seldom have doubts. It doesn't always work out that way, though. It doesn't always yeah, work that out that way. Who is that, that West Virginia guy? Uh, Which like one, who Dana Holgerson? Who was the interim no, and then got Holgerson. the job from like 15, oh, 10, 15 oh, years Bill, ago? Yeah, Bill... Uh, Bill something. He took over for 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 Rich Rod after Rich Rod. Yeah, and then West it was just a, he yeah, won that the happens game all the time. Like a disaster. Yeah, I mean. All right. Yeah, so well, but in I, this case, it, though, yeah. it's easier from a hiring perspective. You feel like you, but then you sometimes overrate that person and sure. you don't cast the wide net, which I'm going to be doing a new version of my guidelines to follow mm. for uh, NFL owners this year. Can and, I do it? Can I? Can I have like a a side part of that of like guys who don't get interviews who I would like to interview? No, that sounds like a separate piece to me. Yeah, Let's do a separate piece. Get that. Come on, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta turn out the content. Yeah, I mean, you that, did that before. That was good. Yeah, you should. It was you just a tweet before. Yeah. Oh. Who's your number one? I don't know. I'd have to look through. Well, think about it. Three programs hired Steve Adazio when Marcus Freeman was a, you know, right. uh, in a coordinator position. I mean, that should tell you everything you need to know about how terrible the process is. I mean, unless you're what like, doing. unless I mean, you're really, trying to like lambaste your program. I mean, you know, NFL owners like this is what this is something I I have uh, heard reliably is like they look at all these lists that the you know Mike Sandos and right. Albert Breers and Tom Pelissero's of the world put out. Like a lot of times, that's their starting point of who who should we look at for this head coaching job. Well, right, and and look, I'm not. Yeah, I'm certainly not trying to curry favor here at all um, because I doubt Jeffrey Lurie is listening to the show. But uh, one thing that I, I do respect about Jeffrey Lurie's hiring practices is he doesn't seem to hire that way, right? Like he 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 doesn't seem to just go by like who's the. It, it would have been easier last now. Now perhaps there were hot coordinators that he wanted last year. I was gonna say okay. well, he hasn't la he go landed but, the people that he wanted on but, this list. But, but you like, are, let's right? be clear: like Nick Sirianni did not win the press conference, right? Yeah, Nick but Sirianni if, was not on those. Yeah, <laughs> but if if you are rating the coaching hires from last year, you're probably more impressed with Sirianni now Ooh, than you were the day he was week. hired. Are you and writing then this it, down, Bo, for What do you want? What do they say? Let, let's look at all the first-year coaches mm -hmm. and say, if you could have it, you know, how, how would sure. you want them going forward? Let's do predictions uh, for the final four games. Sorry, Zach, I cut you off. No, go and I, I look, I don't want to give them too much credit because they were going to go with Ben McAdoo over Doug Peterson, right? Like, and, and, uh, but, but point being that, um, Lurie has hired now three head coaches who were not, interviewed during that cycle by anyone else, right? Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, and Nick Sirianni. And I'm not saying Nick Sirianni is going to have near the success of Andy Reid or Doug Peterson, but my point is when you're – that's a sample size that shows you're not just hiring from the list. Now, he really seems to hire from from references, right? That that seems that he, he has people that he trusts. Uh, that said, I, I, I do think it's it's relevant to point out that they don't just go with the popular name when they've made these hires. There you go. All right. Lost my train of thought. I had something and uh, it's gone. Devontae Smith, I think they need to do a better job of 
like finding ways to get him the ball. Having said that, how about playing him? Yeah, that'll be what, one way to what do it. Where the final yeah. snap counts? He was third among wide receivers. No, did you did you isolate that with just pass plays and see what it was? Or oh no, no I, I I I did not. And and I would frankly, wonder how many uh, routes to your each point, guy ran. Sirianni said the reason why that was was because they were going with Rager in thirteen personnel, and you're usually running out of thirteen personnel. They did have a couple snaps with Devontae as the receiver in thirteen personnel. The one where they threw to him. Shot, yeah. 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 Uh, he was uh, he ran a great route. I think it was circulating on Twitter and really nice uh, deep corner route. I think it was a third down on the right side where he created all kinds of separation. But Minshew checked it down to uh, Quez Watkins, which it, it was still a first down on third down. So you can't really fault him there. But uh, that was one that I noticed that was open. The flea flicker. If if Minshew is not uh, pressured there. Uh, Devonte Smith did a nice job of kind of selling that this is a run play and then taking off vertical. I don't know if that play was designed for him because they had who was it Goddard down the left sideline, but I thought they had uh, they had a chance for a big play there if Minshew wasn't under pressure right away when they flipped the ball back to him. So those were two that kind of stood out to me. Uh, this defense played like crap on uh, <laughs> Sunday, honestly, and it wasn't just the first three drives. I mean, all in the the, the you know, improvement was Zach Wilson making terrible throws. I mean, Mike LaFleur, uh, I don't know much about Mike LaFleur other than he's Matt LaFleur's brother, but like they had, I mean, they totally out-schemed and out-coached the Eagles defensive staff. I mean, they had so many plays to be made in this game. They don't have a quarterback. They have a quarterback who's not very good, and they had some issues, not not a ton, but some issues in pass protection. But, man, I was even looking at, you know, we know what happened on the first three drives, but even if you look at, Later in the game, I had some, uh, you know, they just had these huge voids in zone coverage. I thought Alex Singleton had a bad game in coverage. I mean, he looked lost at times where there are just these huge holes. It was like what we were talking about the first four or five weeks of the season where there are these huge holes uh, when they're playing zone coverage, whether it's their linebackers jumping on play action or just not, you know, covering green grass rather than matching uh, the receivers in their area. That was happening all game long. Um, I'm trying to look here. Uh, yeah, the Eli- Elijah Moore beat Avante Maddox. This was later. It was still a competitive game in the second. It was the, the drive where they got the interception eventually. I don't know if you remember that throw. Zach Wilson targeted Elijah Moore. It was wide open and just a terrible throw. I mean, it would have been like a 20-yard. Uh, he stinks. He, I mean, right now at least he stinks. Who stinks? Oh, Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, Elijah Moore looked good in this game. Like I thought his, his, uh, you know, not just the plays that he actually made, but you were just like, wow, if he had a good quarterback, he really could have had a monster game. He had a double move against Darius Slay uh, on the next drive where he absolutely gets on top of him. Zach Wilson is a little bit late. His, you know, the ball hangs up in the air and Slay mm-hmm. recovers and makes a play on it. But Slay, I mean, uh, Moorhead Slay beat on that play. And then how about those red zone plays i mean they're nowhere near uh the pass catcher on the wilson missed the one i mean there's no it's like the easiest throw a quarterback's gonna have a have in in the nfl he misses it the next one he hits it but like i don't know if it's anthony harris or singleton i mean they're just completely lost not communicating on some of those so i thought this was a pretty discouraging performance from the defense they're all the way down to 26th in defensive dvoa going into the final four weeks of the season so like let's see what they do here i know that really like there are still these big bothers me about dvoa is that there are these big swings week to week so i almost don't want to put too much stock into it i just want to this late in the season it seems weird right yeah yeah, i just want to look at it in week 18 but 
Um, like if you're looking at what they're going to do in the final four games, it's not crazy to think that one of these bad offenses is just going to carve them up because what, you know, they're not great offenses, Washington and the giants, but they're better than the jets. And so they could have just one of these Eagles fans will remember these games where you think they're fine. They're going up against a bad offense. And all of a sudden you get shredded. Like what I saw on film from this game leads me to believe that like, it's probably more likely than unlikely that that happens in one of the next three games. It's a shame that, that there's like uh, proof on the internet of someone making a prediction that the Eagles defensive DVOA at the end of the season will be the top half of the league and the offensive DVOA, the bottom half of the league. Like that's, yeah, that's one of those where you wish you could scrub the internet. Wait, is that Zach or Bo? I don't even remember. Me, me. Oh, I, me. oh man, it would have been yeah, better no, if we, we were did, taking a shot. We did our, okay. our predictions, and I was. I said it was going to be better than last year. I thought that's right. where you were going. Right. Yeah. No, I no. That's one that I I, I wish we can take that. I wish we can take that article down. So I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot, of, it, there's right? a lot of takes we've had that. There's a lot that look much worse than that. But I agree with the defense. Like that. That was unacceptable. Yeah, it was though. bad. Yeah. And still, like, I mean, they, you know, they, they had that Josh Sweat had that, had that sack on third down, uh, and then they had another sack, but still, like, the pressure is not, is, is, it's no, not it good was, enough. It's weird. The metrics suggest, and, and Dennis actually had, had pointed this out, the metrics suggest that the pass rush has been great all season. Uh, I feel like it's been kind of up and down. I mean, I, yeah. that's why it's good to have the numbers because it could tell you a little bit compared to league wide. But yeah, I mean, there have been games where they've dominated, but like this is a game they should have dominated. I didn't think they dominated uh, up front. I thought Hargrave played well. Uh, Sweat, I thought, got kind of stronger as the game went on and, and finished strong and was pretty good. But I mean, Derek, did Derek Barnett play in this game? I mean, he was nowhere to be found, in, in my opinion. He didn't do anything uh, in this game. Fletcher Cox made some plays against the run. He got double teamed on the one sack that they had. But uh, yeah, not enough. I'm just, you know, just looking at the talent, like when we get into the discussion about whether they should trade for a like a top level starter in the offseason. And it's sort of like if you want to talk me into the offense a little bit and say, well, you got Devontae Smith, you got Goddard, even though the offensive line is getting older, some of the younger pieces have emerged and maybe they'll be okay there if you just maybe add one wide receiver. Could it be an appealing place for a veteran quarterback? I don't know. I'm sure that's something we'll be talking about in January or February. But uh, defensively, I mean, they have a lot of work to do with this defense, you have some guys up front beyond that defensive line. Uh, it is not, it is not pretty. I mean, your whole secondary, uh, you're really going to have to reshape that linebacker core. We've talked about at length. And so they, they have a lot of work to do on that side of the ball. Well, and I think, I think that's a good point. And, and big picture, you know, there is like, a there, there are some Eagles fans who are sort of worried that like a run down the stretch here will, will fool the Eagles into thinking, uh, that they are better than they are, and you know maybe this is uh, maybe this is naive of me, but I actually I actually think that for all the the things that we've criticized the front office for, they are not going to do that this year. They are they are not going to think that this is like a a, a close to like Super Bowl caliber team. I think they realize how much work needs to be done on this roster, even if uh, they end up you know making the making the playoffs and finish finishing ten and seven. Um, Maybe it's maybe it's naive of me to not worry about that, but I, I actually think that they are viewing this this roster with relatively clear eyes at this point. Full hearts. Yeah. Although the same was the the same was the case in two thousand and seventeen, and I mean they didn't see that coming. Good point. So, good point. Well, yeah, but they 
You mean 2016 into 2017? Yes, exactly. Like, like right. they didn't build the, they right. They didn't finish the 2016 season thinking yes. like we just right. need a few pieces and we're we're a step from the Super Bowl. But they had right. a quarterback make a huge jump. And so, I think that's but that's that's instructive and that's important. Like you're it's exactly. it's you you should be much more willing to be pleasantly surprised than uh, like thinking that you have something and you and you want to hold on too long. In all facets in life, yeah. <laughs> Right. I don't know. Haven't they had? They've had cases where they've overreacted to what's happened at the end oh, of the season. Oh, they have. I, yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, oh, even, 2018, even, 2019. Yeah. So right. why do you think it's going to be different this? Because because yeah. they they because of the way that they talked about entering this rebuild, entering this off season. Okay. I think they realized that the the entire roster needed to be needed to be overturned. Yeah, but they also, I think, and maybe part of this, I think, is 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 good. Is there? I don't think they're a franchise that thinks like believes in three year rebuild. You know. I think they believe right. in getting impatient and making a move because, you know, you, you don't, you don't, you, you kind of don't know. It's hard to actually know what you have. I mean, you take an honest assessment sure. to what Zach just said. Like that's a lot harder than anyone would believe. We make, we think about it every off season. It's hard to be right about that. And when you're the person making decisions, I mean, that's a part of team building. Well, I you mean, probably don't want to overthink that. Like the, the move for over overreacting <laughs> and thinking you're closer, the move would be, you know, trading three first round right. picks for Russell Wilson. Yes. Um, and well, I mean, I do I think they might be willing to do that, but I disagree with that because I think Russell Wilson's the type of player who changes, who like by sheer force alone changes the trajectory of your franchise by, by, by just his presence until this year, he's never been with a team that's had a losing record and he's been injured this year. Yeah, I, I think we always sort of dip into this and then say, let's yeah. save it for uh, okay. yeah. January, February. So yeah. let's Russell do Wilson. Let's yeah, we should have a, a like in January. I I, I know Bo's. Go, I, I'm sorry. I know Shields can be busy with the playoffs. I, who knows? Bo and I might be busy with the playoffs, too. But January, February, there should be like a Russell Wilson show, Deshaun Watson show yeah. where where Oof. where we go deep into. <laughs> I'm sitting out to Deshaun Watson. <laughs> go sit out Deshaun. Okay. I mean. <laughs> Just, oh, just Zach for sixty minutes. <laughs> that, sixty minutes yeah. is yeah, be the first sixty minute show we've ever had. Um, you can have Nick right on for that. One. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's All right, all right. Anything else? Aaron Rodgers. He's not coming here. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. No, no, you don't. You don't need to dip your toe into the mediocre quarterback market. If that's the if well, that's but what the if they market, do? If that's the market you're shopping in, just stick with what you have. You did, you really do not. Do I agree with that. It's fair. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else? Did you have any other notes on the uh, post game show, Sheil? Uh, no, I think the one storyline yeah. pretty much dominated. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I, I didn't take notes during during the uh, post game. I think I was I'm, I'm glad Marissa and 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 I were of value during that show, right? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't watch you the uh, I didn't watch the video of you guys trying to fix a TV or something. Yeah, everybody uh, loves the did TV send segment. me a fun yeah. screen grab of it. I didn't know what was going on there. Marissa is such an outstanding producer that she caught on to the fact that we can't have the game on in the background there. Well, my favorite part was Zach was like, "Why can't?" Oh, yeah, okay. I get <laughs> yeah, <it. laughs> but but that's how good Marissa is. Like she's that's just next level thinking. Well, you know, we, we, I don't want to have like we've had had like some you know song YouTube issues with uh, some of Bo's lyrical uh, mm. masterpieces so i didn't want them to think we were using uh we were trying to stream any nfl content with it so just you know had to keep that had to make sure the video stayed up there so 
I you think it, you think if Marissa was not a senior podcast producer, she tells you about that or no? <laughs> She's like, who cares? Let it rip. Do what you want to do. Get that update. Do we get a little CTC? What's the? Uh... <laughs> Come on! I bring it up in jest. I don't ask. Did you get a? Ra- <laughs> I've not talked to the people team yet. TVT. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. no. I have a Listen, I need to know if we need to sick, sick the minions on them. We did. We did. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say how many, but um, the uh, audio team did have a shattered uh, our downloads goal in the month of November. Oh, All time high at the athletics. So props to all of our shows. Um, but mostly this time. one? Yeah, mostly this one, of course. Okay. Bo's going to clip this off now and send it to all my other shows. <laughs> uh, I had a quick football-related question. Okay. Um, so we saw Monday night, you know, a big deal was was made about the Patriots offense, right? And there's there's the, the question that keeps coming up with the Eagles, which is, like, do they need to pass for, right? If, if, if the running's working, can they stick to it? I've never seen a team in recent history at least do it to the level – that the Patriots did, and I understand the weather was a factor there, of course. But uh, do you think that there are going to be teams that are, are watching that and they're saying, why can't we do it? Maybe not to that extreme, but what's holding us back if we're dominating at the, at the line of scrimmage from, from running the ball this, you know, this percentage? No, I wrote about this okay. on The Athletic. I think Belichick's getting uh, way too much credit okay. uh, for that performance. I know reasonable people disagree with me. I think it was fine. I think it was a fine strategy. I don't have an issue with it. Uh, I think the Bills missed a lot of – that was a coin flip game. I mean, they didn't mm-hmm. – it's not – you know, they did not dominate uh, that game by any stretch. They had one huge run. The rest of the game, they had 45 carries for uh, averaging 3.4 yards per carry. McDermott over here. You sound like McDermott right now. I mean, the the Philly came out in McDermott in that post game press conference. Oh my gosh, he was salty. He was was not hiding. I like that. Don't crowd Belichick. Yeah, exactly. They're rivals. I mean, really, you know, like he's looking at it like, now, certainly, the I would criticize the Bills for their actual uh, offensive approach in that game. I don't know why Josh Allen wasn't a bigger part of the run game. They had that in their playbook. They didn't go to it. They felt like they had to play the same game the Patriots were playing. I don't think they had to. They had a strong-armed quarterback. They have a – I know the conditions were not great, but they have a team that is built to pass. So, uh, no, I mean, the biggest mistake any team, coach, organization can make He's trying to do what Bill Belichick does. I mean, you see this time and again with the Matt Patricias of the world. And uh, so I don't think there's any like big picture stuff to take away from that in terms of the Eagles. And this is like the big, hey, can this be sustainable? I mean, it depends. Like, what's the is, is the goal to just win Super Bowl or bust? You're probably going to have a hard time. You, you know, Jalen Hurts has to improve as a passer. The passing game has to get better, even if the running game stays this efficient. And if you're going to go all in on it and you think that he can, well, now all of a sudden you have to probably upgrade it running back, get deeper there. You have to make sure you're set on the offensive line. You have to be even more creative with your run scheme. So it, it is sort of the Baltimore model. But even that, you know, if you look at Lamar Jackson's passing number, it doesn't always look pretty, but it's been a lot better than what the Eagles have had this year. Okay. Right. Any more football questions, Zach? No, I was I was curious that one because that has that's come up quite a bit. It was a fun game, though. I I thought you know, like it's rare to have a game that's so different than every other game you watch. So I, I was uh, I was compelled by the entire viewing experience there. Fun post game press conferences too. Yes. 
Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer, who? Your boy. Yes. Who, uh, Released Bo, for. Uh, yeah, Bo and I got into, and and I think I, I think Bo was was correct on this one. This was last week when I I I put out there uh, a little tr- a annoying esoteric trivia question, but that was a good trivia question. When the Eagles, the last time that the Eagles were in danger of only having two uh, of having two healthy running backs was in 2013, and they they promoted Matthew Tucker from the practice squad. Who did they cut to make room for? 39 was Matthew Tucker. 39. Sounds right. Sounds right. I looked that up, and the answer, of course, was Jordan Poyer. And so we were talking about that among other reporters, and I said, uh, you know, I I had heard at the time from someone in the building that. They really liked Jordan Poyer, and this was this was really hard for them to let him go. And then Bo was like, Bo chimes in. How much they like Jordan Poyer? They got Sean Prater over him. Yeah, I mean they didn't like him that much. Yeah, I'm with Bo. That's my. I hate when I hate when teams try to have that. You know, we really liked him. No, no, you have you know slots open. You have to make Mm -hmm. a decision. You didn't like him more than the yeah 53rd guy on the roster. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. So, so, so that's where, as a reporter, I need when the person tells me that, I gotta be like, "Well, how much did you actually like him?" Yeah, yeah. love Casey Tuhill. Or you just take it and then rip them, you know, behind the scenes. <laughs> I, that that I won't that's do. That's my method. Oh. Always give them a chance to respond. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Uh, oh, Sheil, what'd you think of Elijah Riley on film? Oh my gosh! Not yeah, not pretty. What do you mean? It was great. <laughs> Just the one play. I did like if you watch on film after the Jason Kelsey had the uh, I don't know if it was a pair, he got the better of him. Then yeah. Jason Kelsey gave him a little low five on the way back to the huddle. Yeah. So at least they like him as a person. Two More importantly, what do you think of, of the return of the Wolfstand? Oh, I love it. We talked about that, didn't we? Or was that no? No, because that came out Friday. To, yeah. Oh yeah, and I love the I love the you, you tweeted it. Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, I love the yeah. Wolfstand. I wish you know. I want to get this locker room access back so we can get some you more both. Then and the I was, post game stuff up. you're talking about over here in Kelsey. I mean, I want to. Oh, you need to. And you guys telling me I don't go to the games. I mean, if the locker room were open, I'd be coming to some of these games. But you know, Man, the value true. from my perspective is would is not there. I mean, I'm not going to be able to bring anything to the table that you don't. If I'm, oh, the way you watch the game sitting there. Yeah, I don't watch it. I'm not a great live game. I know you've praised both for this. I actually oh, struggle. Yeah. My eyes wander. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's All right. let's wrap it up. Okay. Uh, well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. We'll be back. Uh, what are we? Are we doing Tuesday next week? I guess so. Even though there's no availability, that's when we can do the. Uh, yeah, coach. we just we the just laid out exactly what's going to come for Tuesday. Okay. Exactly. Sounds good. Uh, so we'll do that, and uh, we'll watch uh, the games this weekend to see how they affect the Eagles. So. For Zach, Sheil, Marissa, and Elijah, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the bye. And as always, we love you.